Thanks for tuning in to the Glossy Beauty Podcast. I'm your host, Priya Rao, Executive Editor at Glossy. And today's guest is Randy Christensen, the co-founder and CEO of Necessaire. Welcome, Randy. Hi, Priya. I'm so excited to be here. I know, Randy, we're excited to have you. You've had some big news the last few months. Yes. Um, Before we get get into Sephora and kind of ramping up that ship, I'd love to talk a little bit about what you thought Necessaire was bringing to the market when you guys first launched. Yes. Um, So I'll just, I'll I'll take you back, uh, back in time for a minute, Priya. So Nick and I, Nick and I met here in Los Angeles. Um, Nick Axelrod, who's my my amazing co-founder. Um, and as you might know about me, I'm a Scandinavian girl. I'm I'm uh, I'm from Denmark. Um, and and came here to the U.S. and and worked for for a long time in one of the big beauty companies. And I think Nick and I, we always laugh. We met we met here in New York, and I think we were the only two cats wearing black. Um, and, and bonded in, you know, sort of instantly. And I think one of the things that happens when you come to LA, you sort of, for me, it was really going back to this idea of, of, of my relationship with, with clean, with health, with, uh, and also with nature in some ways to spend a lot more time in, in nature than I had in New York. Um, and, and Nick and I really started to, I think we just sort of connected. We started to have this, this, this chat about like, let, let's start a business. Um, and started to dream up what necessary might be. Um, and, and really felt in, in this sort of world of beauty that it's so full of abundance and wanted sort of to, to break through the noise and say, how could we establish, create, um, make these necessary essentials? Uh, these things that are good for our health and and very much make them very sort of focused and curated. And that really became the idea of Necessaire. Could we sort of use Necessaire as a filter for creating products that are necessary, use ingredients that are necessary, um, and, and have a conversation, sort of a cultural conversation about necessary things. So, and for us in beauty, I think we were just, I mean, in 2017, when we started chatting about it, and in 2018, in November, when we launched, I think it was very much a given that, you know, a brand at this time would be clean, right? But I think the thing we kind of wanted to overlay was this sort of strong commitment to sustainability uh, from the get-go, uh, from the beginning, um, and also very much tap into this idea of wellness. Um, and so the funny thing, and a lot of people ask me this, Randy and Nick, you guys started in body. I mean, well, how crazy, right? Because personal care is big, face, hair, body, uh, intimate care, all these sub things. And I think Nick and I just really felt philosophically that skin doesn't stop at the neck. Um, and we very much felt that there was just not a good solution um, for the neck down in terms of clean, effective skincare for the body. Um, and we felt we could break through, make noise and also have a different conversation. I think we felt it was very either men, male, female or, or, or sort of very... Um, uninteresting in a way, very much felt like an afterthought. Um, so we started to dream up this uh, bigger idea of Necessaire, but then launching in, in this body category and, um, and ended up launching in November with a, with a lotion, a wash, and also a sex gel. Um, and just to, to, to double click on that sex gel, I mean, I think another thing we, we just spent so much time discussing, you know, how do we define things we need for our body? 
you know, and, and it's not just this, it's, it's, it can be so much more than a wash in a lotion, uh, and sort of dove into that and, and, and had a lot of fun, uh, lots of late night laughs about launching a sex gel and trying to figure that out with, with all the things that comes with that. Cause it was new to both of us. Um, so- Randy, just a question for you. You know, going back the, at the time in 2017, 2018, you know, that back aisle category conversation of body products coming into beauty had not reached fever pitch. You know, correct. We weren't, we weren't seeing lube or sex gel in Ulta or Sephora or, you know, basically any retailer. And the mm-hmm. idea of selling body wash and lotion at a premium was kind of also like, why? You know, people were yeah. buying it in the drugstore for $6, maybe, if you're buying a vino. So yeah. what was about, what was attractive about that opportunity in terms of, you know, elevating and creating a market, a prestige market for these products? Yeah, I think, um, I think for us, I mean, all things sort of starts with this personal calling, right? Like there's like this, this, I think if you create a, a, a beauty brand, I think Nick and I both came from a company we adored and loved. And, and, and when you jump out to start something, it's fundamentally because you have a need or you want to make an impact. Um, and I think uh, for us, it was actually both. Um, I think it was clear to us that, you know, having been in beauty from different narratives before, I think it was very clear to both of us that there was just room for what we call real ingredients um, in, in body. These sort of skincare workhorses, oftentimes it was, you know, coconut, uh, coconut or almond or shea or these more basic ingredients. And I think we both wanted, you know, stronger products, which means that you have to invest in the product. You have to create a better product, which costs money. Um, and then I think, you know, we were really looking to, to make an impact. And for me personally, this sort of idea of, of being carbon neutral and, and, and adding and sort of stepping into 1% for the planet and making that a loud thing in this industry that I love was, was, was important. I think to, to answer this idea of prestige, right? Like we, we, Nick and I never really sat down and said, you know, what exact is the price point? I think it came a little bit differently. I think we built, we built the product that we, that we felt needed to be there with the hyaluronic acids and with the, with the marula oils and with those ingredients. And that kind of led to this, this idea that yes, you know, that the, it, it is just, it is different. Uh, and it does need to sit at that sort of what we think about price point in, 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 in the twenties. Um, for the wash and, and the lotion. And I feel, Priya, it's a super great question. I think intuitively, without maybe having voiced it to one another, I think, you know, we saw people invest in $6 matchas and in juice cleanses and in, uh, you know, a $35 workout class. And yet we had this sort of problem spending $20 on something that will last you two months. That's like going all over your body and then on top of it, having a pretty, you know, important environmental impact. And so we were like, look, we, we just felt people were ready to step into this and invest in their body. And and we like to say, you know, we sort of came up with this tagline, treat your body like your face um, and stick up for sustainability and, 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 and skin health starts here. Some of these big statements that we felt just just seemed right. But it is true what you said. People have many times have asked, you know, 
Are you nervous starting in body? Are you nervous starting with a, you know, $25 body lotion? And we were, I mean, that's the truth, but we also were like, this is what we believe in and we're going to go for it. And I think we've been so surprised and humbled, really, um, very humble for, to, to, to sort of just see that people have stepped into this with us. Um, people like yourself in the media or influencers or just people that wanted to join this dialogue around, you know, self-care is a necessity um, and the tools you use for self-care matters um, and they should have a point of view. Exactly. Randy, I'm wondering, you know, a lot of other companies that have come to market, whether they're in the deodorant category or the sexual wellness category, they very quickly make the leap to pure beauty. Whereas I think it's interesting that you have stayed very core to body. You know, you just launched a deodorant yourself. Yeah. You are working on other areas of the body that I've uh, gleaned from your team. Um, But you haven't necessarily launched, you know, a hyaluronic hyaluronic serum for your face, you know, which seems to be a very easy and also lucrative thing to do. Will you talk about that? I think, um, I think when you, when you launch in an area that you believe in and that you want to have impact in, you have to, you have to show that you're committed to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for, for, for us, uh, we still have a lot more to do in body. We still have, we still have a lot of fun things, right? Uh, Priya, you could imagine shaving. You could imagine, you know, uh, the chest, neck, you could imagine hand, which we might talk a little bit about these other areas of the body that, that deserves that same sort of attention and, and, and love. So I think we just sort of decided, you know, this is where we're going to start. We're going to do it well. We're going to have two sort of, of philosophies. One is that we're going we're gonna to be calm and considerate and, and bring products to market that lives up to what we said we were going to do. And the other thing that we believe is also very much in, I'm going to use the iPhone analogy, but it's this idea of, of, of being thoughtful is if there is a better ingredient, a better play, a better development, a better innovation, I think what you're going to see from this brand is that we're not just going to grow, 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 grow out wide. We're really going to be committed to this idea of these very much these essential products uh, and just keep innovating around them. That's one. The other thing is that um I think what we found when we got into body is that, you know, look, we've just scratched the surface of the people with whom we've communicated. Um, you know, you know, I always like to say, you know, you grow your business in, in you can grow it in, in, in the product engine by just launching a bunch of new products and new category, or you can grow it by inviting more people into the business, which is the harder way. Um, and I think that's the way we've sort of said, look, we're going to try to create real community, real growth around what we believe in. And then we're going to expand into the other areas. You'll see some news from us this fall uh, with something, but it's, it's once again going to be a little bit of a different path than you typically see, which is very, very true what you're saying. Oftentimes it's one, one product in, in body and then it's one in face and then it's a little jumpy, right? Uh, right. It's been dif- different for us. We like, we, we, we try to stay focused, I think, and launch, launch thoughtfully. Will you talk a little bit about, you know, that community piece that you just mentioned a second ago. I know you launched originally D2C for focused and D2C first and have slowly been ramping up distribution. But, you know, the D2C model isn't as easy as it was, you know, in 2018, not to mention in 2015 or, you know, yeah. 2012. 
So talk to me a little bit about partnerships and who made sense for you and why Sephora is so right now. The first thing I want to say is that we we are very much DTC and, and we are also very much going to maintain that sort of uh, spirit, if you will, when we go into Sephora. And if you notice... Look, we, 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 we joined Cassandra and Violet Gray and, and the Goop team and, um, and, you know, and, and Nordstrom, but in very, in a limited format. So very, very little distribution, Priya. Um, because, um, I think, f- frankly, one of the things I learned from, from, from my career prior is that you, you have to, you have to create this sort of energy around your brand before you expand into distribution. You have to have this pulse in the marketplace so that when you go there, there's automatically a little bit of an uptick and a little bit of an interest in your brand. And I think for us, um, that just, you know, that took a moment with, with, with body. That's one. The second thing is, um, we chose Sephora, um, or oh, we were lucky. Let me not say chose. We were lucky that Sephora invited us to, to join them because I think Sephora, um, in my experience, Sephora is unparalleled in their ability to, to, to build a brand, help build a brand, uh, create narrative around a brand. And I think they're a retailer that has, you know, they, they, they have mission and purpose and stands for things behind them, right? They've gone behind the clean movement. They're deeply bought into the future of sustainability, which, which really mattered, uh, which really mattered to me. Um, and then the third part is that they're just a really wonderful crowd to work with. Um, they're just, you know, at the end of the day, the, the, the beauty space and the personal care space is about people, right? It's a personal thing. And, um, there's just a bunch of folks over there. Frankly, everyone I've had the chance to work with over there is, is awesome. They ask the right questions. They have the right narrative. They, they, they're in it for, to build a brand. Um, and so I felt at this, at this juncture in the brand's journey, um, we are not going to expand our distribution broadly. We're going to focus on building a, a direct uh, relationship with the consumer and then have this sort of what I would say a few very select partners that we believe can help propel our message, message, propel our message. Um, and, and the last thing I will say about distribution is that since, I mean, since COVID and we've all been home, right? The other interesting thing, Priya, is as you know, we, we launched with Sephora Direct. Mm-hmm. And the way we're partnering with Sephora is, is very much in a calm way. You know, we're going into into their wall where they feature new brands that they've scouted, found, uh, treasured just with a, with a few of our products, right? So we're doing it sort of very calm. And I, I like to say to the team, you know, be where the consumer is. Um, I think when you, when you think about, when you think about distribution, you really want to be thoughtful about, you know, who is your consumer? Who is your community? Where are they? And frankly, when you sell body wash, you don't want to make it too complicated to get your hands on it, right? It's, it's a little bit different perhaps than other category in beauty. But look, I, I'm going to shower tomorrow. I'm out of wash. I, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to wait 10 days for my wash. You know, it's a different relationship with these staples in your life. Um, they have to be accessible in the right place. 
Brandy, will you talk a little bit about Sephora in the context of COVID? Because obviously we know that Sephora is a huge asset in a brand's toolkit. But right now, stores being, you know, a shell of a version that they used to be. There's no sampling, there's no testers. And, you know, people are still very reticent to venture into stores. What yeah. that's been like for you? Because I, I know that a lot of new brands launched with Sephora in March and April, direct, online only, and, you know, are still understanding the ramifications of all this as it applies to stores. Yeah. I think, Priya, so the first thing that was really interesting for us is that we were able to sort of catch it. So the Sephora team and I decided to launch online first in June, and we are launching stores in August. So we were able to actually, to your point, you know, cadence in out in a way where um, it just felt intuitive to just wait a moment, pause a moment with the stores. So the stores are opening August 7th. Um, they're opening with, with three products. Um, so in some ways, it's a, it's a little premature for me to, to, to maybe speak about, speak about it, but I know Sephora well. Um, and what I think, what I think is powerful about Sephora is that if there is a retailer that really understands Omni and understands the relationship between their direct interaction with their client and their in-store interaction with their client, it's Sephora. And I think their ability to, to translate the quote-unquote Sephora experience into wherever you shop uh, is unparalleled. They're incredible at that. Um, so, you know, we launched with Sephora in June and we sold out of, gosh, five, six items in our first three and a half weeks there, which is a testament to the strength of that retailer and 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 how how well they're still doing. And then frankly, in August, we'll see when we go into store and I, I'll learn and, and, and navigate. I think for us, you know, the one thing necessary is going for it is that you are not as likely to, to, to test your body wash in the store or your lotion. It's more something you grab, right? And you're like, gosh, I'm out of that. And, and if that's my favorite brand, or I learned about that brand or heard about that brand, and now it's Sephora, let me try it and let me grab it. So I think in some ways, the category of body is um, is emerging at Sephora, um, and we're part of that journey with them. And I think this is a pretty interesting time for the category in a way, in a way, right? So it's it, in a way the timing is 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 tricky, but it's also if you look at it, the glass half full. It's also an an interesting time to launch body, right? Will you talk a little bit about, you know, the positives, I would say, for the beauty business right now is that this idea of self-care and wellness and consciousness, consciousness around health has also been building. So for you and your D2C business, I'm imagining that, you know, maybe more brand awareness has enabled you to grow at this time while people are at home and willing to, you know, experiment with some of these categories and not just say go to Target and refill with whatever they were buying before. Yeah. You know, that's, gosh, that's so well put. You kind of just gave, gave my answer, right? Um, it's, it's exactly right. Um, look, I know we'll, we'll, we'll probably talk growth in a minute and, and get into that, but I, I will say that, um, the premise of necessary, this idea of, of the tools you need for your health and this idea of supporting your wellness, uh, look, could not be, could not be better at this time, right? And I think what's interesting when we look at our social media, we've seen, 
Yeah. Stronger engagement. When we look at our sales these past months, they've been they've been positive. Um, we continue to market Priya through that time. We changed the, you know, we changed the, the the narrative a little bit. And I think that's the interesting thing, right? Because when you have your finger on the pulse, it's like, what what's the conversation? And you and I spoke a lot about before this idea of, of, of skincare ingredients and benefits and this idea of skincare for the neck down. And, and that's very much one tenant of how we launched the brand. But we, we let and we leaned into, if you will, we leaned into um, self-care, uh, things that makes you feel good. Um, me time, um, start now. Uh, if, you know, just these ideas of taking care of yourself has become a necessity. And so I would say that for necessary during COVID, it's been, it's been hard on many fronts because we're human beings and it's a team. And, you know, I have my team all over and they're, they're all very special to me and I haven't been able to see them. Right. And, and, and it's hard to, 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 to build an airplane and fly an airplane when you can't be together. Um, but from a, from a, um, market perspective, we have, we've been relevant at this time, but we have had to change our narrative a little bit. The way we talk, the, the topics we bring up, the way we speak in our advertising, um, and, that's changed a little bit. How has that positively impacted growth? So, you know, being able to be maybe maybe a little less sexy in some of your imagery yeah. or campaigns. Because I do remember when you guys came out of the gate, it was very, like, beautiful and elevated. So how has that impacted sales, the conversation around, you know, a little bit more me time, a little bit more casual? We had, um, look, you know, we were set this year to grow, um, you know, a pretty aggressive percentage and we are delivering our plan. So I'll just start there. You know, we are, we are still on track to deliver our plan um, and have actually grown. I will tell you that we turned off as a team. We turned off June, right? Because I think we were also deeply touched by, you know, all aspects of Black Lives Matter and what happened there that we just sort of sat down and we said, guys, this is, this is a moment of reflection. This is not a moment of, 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 of pushing all these topics. But beyond that, um, or even with that, the brand has seen, um, the brand has seen significant growth. And I, I think, um, I think as somebody that spearheads a brand, and if you're in the culture, and if you're in the conversation, it's kind of your job, right, to do your very best at having, engaging in a narrative that sort of fits the context. Um, and so for me, it, it didn't really change the sales. For me, it was a necessity. It's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to have the conversation with the people that is your community and lean into the things that we're, that we're all going through. Um, so it was a shift, but it didn't really shift our sales, if that makes sense. It was a shift in how we executed and drove marketing and drove, you know, drove sales. But that's the other thing, Priya, you know, when you start a brand, and this is something that I'm... I've realized, and it's becoming so clear to me that, you know, we like not to talk so much about sales. It sounds, it sounds fun, but it really is about, you start really get feeling in your heart. It's like, whoa, we have four and a half stars on that product. And we have that many people buying it a second time. And these first years, it's very much about proof of concept. And yes, you, sales is one way of measuring it, but the love for what you create and, 
uh, the engagement around your the conversation you put into the world is really in some ways more important these couple of couple of first years. Right. Sounds sounds weird, but you know what I'm saying, right? It's like you have to mean something in people's lives. Otherwise, what are you doing? You know? Well, especially right now, I think that this is a very much a survival of the fittest where we're seeing not only brands thrive and survive are those that have something to say. But, mm-hmm. you know, you also have to have the runway, right? And the way yes, you do. True. and be uh, cost efficient during this time, which I imagine is is difficult considering, you know, you may not be able to chan- channel all the different channels that you want to. Is that part mm-hmm. of it? It's, it's an excellent question. And yes, it is. Um, because, um, look, this is a little bit of, of, you know, I create the product and, 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 uh, the graphics and the art and th- those, those piece around the product and, and Nick, as you well know, is spectacular in, in, in conversation and, and those pieces. But there is another piece to running a business, which is what you're sw- speaking about, which is cash flows, P&Ls and being thoughtful, right? Um, and it is very, very true that, um, I am focused on running the business with profound health. And, um, what that means to me is that when, when, you know, Necessaire has raised some money, right? So we, we know that. Uh, but at the end of the day, the, the right thing to do right now is to begin to find a path to, um, a really, really healthy, you know, profitable long-term business. And the reason I share that is mostly because, you know, you can, um, you know, growth costs money. And the, the, the net net is that when you start a business, particularly in today's beauty world, Nick and I were very clear that we wanted to raise capital because we wanted to make a splash, right? You can start it sort of at your kitchen sink and you can take the one, two, three, four, five years and, and create it that way. But we felt we're going into personal care. We're starting in body. We want to make noise. We want to invest into giving a lot of people our product and do these things. Um, and that was very much year one to sort of catapult the business. Um, and now we're in year two, right? And, and, and the business is growing nicely. Um, but with COVID behind us, the idea of longevity, the idea of, of a healthy P&L, the idea of healthy growth, um, the idea of, of avoiding a leaky bucket of customers coming in one time and not coming back. Those things are going to mean profoundly more for survival in this environment, right? Um, And so so I agree with you. Brandy, just a question. You know, I know last year you quietly took some money from VMG. And obviously Mm. they are very good operators. They are known for their operational skills. So I'm just wondering what that was about. Was that about, you know, obviously capital, but was it also about, you know, building a team that can support, you know, these operations? I mean, I want you to imagine Nick and I sitting at WeWork, uh, right? And with a, with a couple of two kids, two kids sitting and, and, and building the business. And we were very fortunate. We, we hired a couple of, 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 of girls, um, that were just super special, um, to help us to begin with. But yes is the answer. Um, we were, I mean, again, I feel super humbled and lucky to have had the opportunity to get VMV into a business because when, when you raise money, um, the truth is that one part of it is the money. The other part of it is, is friends, right? They're your friends. They sit around the table with you. They help, 
they help talk about the hard decisions that you make or you know in a company's journey and at the end of the day good strategy is making good decisions and good decisions hopefully leads to good outcomes and um we raised the series a with vmg that's correct um and we raised the series a with vmg because a they are and most importantly they're a phenomenal group of folks that you want to work with um, with a phenomenal track record. And what I also really, what I really like about them is they're really strong brand builders. They understand, um, they understand the journey of healthy growth very, very well. Um, and so I think for Nick and I, we just felt so humbled that they would consider us and, and they were, they were our first choice. And, and then it, it, it kind of went like that. And, and from that, that's very lucky. I mean, right now, I feel like everybody's raising capital. And yeah. in this environment, it's so much more difficult than it was last fall when you guys yeah. quietly put it on our <laughs> radar. Um, yeah. Randy, I have to ask, you know, when you think about healthy growth and obviously the rest of this year, I mean, you have a lot going on. You're in Sephora, this VMG news, you, you know, there's different team structures changing at necessary. So what's priority? Um. So, gosh, that's a good question. I think, look, um, if I can come out of this year, number one, with all of my team members well intact and healthy, all right, and, and, and feeling great, I think that's, that's number one. We have to make sure that, that the human aspect is, is, is just there. Um, it's never been more clear. Um, that's one. The, the second thing is I, I feel that what we need to do this year is, yes, we need to deliver our growth and we will. Priya, I think you and I, I shared with you, the brand is planned to grow three to 400%. We're currently tracking to that. Um, and so that's, that's, that's pretty significant. Uh, when you think about, you know, uh, quadrupling your sales, if you will. Um, and so that we, we, we have to do that just because we, we should, but, the key thing is how we do it. And so when you ask me about what does this year look like, for me, it looks like an incredibly, you know, healthy and happy team. Number two, a business that have grown healthy and with a, a you know, strong growth rate, but also strong, a strong amount of people coming back into the business to purchase for a second, a third and a fourth time. That, that's successful growth to me. Um, number four, successfully partnering with Sephora, which is so much more than sales. It's, um, getting to touch their people, um, and their, their, all of their staff in their stores, right? The cast. It's, um, yes, selling to our plan, but doing so with great love scores and doing so with once again, just these, these sent my sensors is out for, are we growing the right way? Are people loving the product? Is the dialogue around the product there? Um, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the healthy aspects of growth. But yes, I am looking for growth, Priya. <laughs> I know that's what you're asking for. Is growth important? Growth is important, but it's not important at the cost of other things, right? And it's not important if it's just growth that is bought. It has to be earned. Will you elaborate a little bit on that, Randy? Because I know right now you are be probably being inundated with so many new customers and mm -hmm. you know so much new awareness because people are at home and on their phones and digging and looking. 
But, you know, that repeat and that loyal customer, like, who mm-hmm. is she? Who is he? Like, and what are they asking for as you think about yeah. product pipeline and content for the future? Yes, that's great. I think we have a couple of, of sub-course, if you will. So it's a really super interesting question. Um, first and foremost, we very much have a he and a she, which I love. I think the brand successfully were able to kind of be genderless uh, in its in its approach. So that's important. That being said, uh, a vast majority of our customers are female. Um, we very much have a customer base that I would say is um, is the millennial uh, 28 and up. Uh, 28, 29 and up that's really into wellness, that's really into self-care, um, that looks to necessary for self-care tools, um, and frankly also looks to necessary for its effectiveness um, and its results. That's one group. Um, another very, very big group um, that I don't think necessarily Nick and I have marked up, but that we just sort of now can see is emerging is very much the young mother. Um, and the young mother is incredibly, uh, invested in her body because I think when you have a child, your body starts to change, right? Um, and, and, and so at that time, um, you start just being profoundly interested in body care and, and, and in solutions that can help you take care of your body. Um, and I think the, an, another segment that we're finding, um, that's really interesting is, is sort of the fitness, the fitness area as well. There's definitely another connection with, with the body. If, if, if you're into fitness, if you're into wellness, if you're into clean food, if you're into that, that piece and that sort of overlap a little bit with mothers and, and, and with that millennial. So those are sort of the three, the, the three segments that we like to, that we like to chat uh, about. And we have, um, we have all ethnicities um, in the brand and we have both men and women coming into the brand. Um, and we were excited, we're, we're excited about that. So um, when you ask me, you know, what, what do I look for in, in, and what am I looking for in this year? I'm going to come back to that one more time. I think what we look for is we look for uh, a, do we have a clear understanding of who's our who's our girl, who's our guy, and we're starting to get that picture? And then number two, do we clearly can we clearly articulate what what they what matters to them in necessaire? And I think we're starting to understand that, and it very much taps into those three pillars of the brand around clean, around effectiveness, and around sustainability. Do you ever feel, and I'm wondering this, Randy, because I ask this to a lot of people, but with so much information and with so much dialogue and data, how you're able to really distill your next steps? I'm just wondering that as a leader, because you're probably being flooded with it in every avenue of communication. Ooh, that's a hard question. I think I I, I was blessed to work um, at Estee Lauder for so many years and, and learn from some of the best as to what good strategy looks like, right? And, and, and not, certainly not that I'm a master at it, but I've had some visibility into what it can, what it can look like. And I think it's exactly what you're saying. It's being able to articulate it on one piece of paper. It's being able to say, you know, here are the three areas I want to here are the three segments I want to uh, play in. These are the product categories. These are the markets. These are the retailers. And then 
How do I respond to that? How do I just get super, super focused and not spread myself too thin and, you know, be a lot too few instead of nothing too many? Um, that famous quote is, is super, super important. And it's, it's even more important now to, to know your crowd. And this is why Priya direct to consumer, you asked me, what does success look like? Success looks like winning in direct to consumer while building a strong relationship with Sephora, Violet Gray, Goop, Nordstrom, and with that client. But, but, but it's not either or, it's plus plus. And I very much believe in that new Omni. Um, and, and that's sort of what we're setting up to do. We're, we're investing heavily in, in, in making sure we can support both. Thank you so much, Randy. It was so great having you today and spending the afternoon with you. Thank you so much for having me. This was a pleasure. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning into the Glossy Beauty Podcast. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. Please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you're listening. See you next week.